ಪಾರ್ಥಯ ಪ್ರತಿಬೋಧಿ ಭಗವತ ನಾರಾಯಣ ಸ್ವಯಂ ವ್ಯಾಸೇನಗ್ರಥಿ ಪುರಾಣ ಮುನಿ ಮಧ್ಯೆ ಮಹಾಭಾರತ ಅದ್ವೈತಮೃತವರ್ಷಿಣಿ ಭಗವತಿ ಅಷ್ಟಾಧ್ಯಾಯಿ ಅಂಬತ್ವಾಮನುಸಂದಿ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತೆ ಭವದ್ವೇಷಿಣಿ ನಮೋಸ್ತು ವ್ಯಾಸ ವಿಶಾಲಬುದ್ಧೆ ಪುಲ್ಲರವಿಂದಯತಪತ್ರೇತ್ರಯಾಭಾರತೈನ ಪೂರ್ಣ ಪ್ರಜ್ವಾಲಿಮಯ ಪ್ರದೀಪ ನ ಪಾರಿಜಾತೈಕಪಾಣೇ ಜ್ಞಾನಮುದ್ರಾ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾ ಗೀತಾಮೃತದುಹೆ ನಮಃ ಸರ್ವೋಪನಿಷದೋ ಗಾವೋಪಾಲನಂದನ ಪಾರ್ಥೋವತ್ಸುಧೀರ್ಭೋಕ್ತೀತಾಮೃತ ಮಹತ್ ವಸುದೇವಸುತಂದೇವ ಕಂಸಚಾಣೂರ್ಮರ್ದನ ದೇವಕೀ ಪರಮಂದ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ವಂದೇ ಜಗದ್ಗುರು ಭೀಷ್ಮ್ರೋಣತಟಾಜಯದ್ರಸಜಲ ಗಾಂಧಾರೀಲೋತ್ಪುಲ ಶಲ್ಯಗ್ರಾಹವತೀ ಕೃಪೇಣ ವಹನಿ ಕರ್ಣೇನ ವೇಲಾಕುಲ ಅಶ್ವತ್ಥಾಮಕರ್ಣಘೋರಮಕರ ದುರ್ಯೋಧನಾವರ್ತಿ ಸೋತ್ತೀರ್ಣ ಖಲು ಪಾಂಡವೈರಣನದಿ ಕೈವರ್ತಕ ಕೇಶವಃ ಪಾರಾಶರ್ಯವಚಸ್ಸರೋಜಮಲ ಗೀತಾಗಂಧೋತ್ಕಟ ನಾನಾಖ್ಯಾನಕೇಸರ ಹರಿಕಥಾ ಸಂಬೋಧನಾಬೋಧಿ ಲೋಕೆ ಸಜ್ಜನ ಷಟ್ಪದೈರಹರ ಪೀಯಮಾನ ಮುದಾತಪಂಕಜಂಕಲಿಮಲ ಪ್ರಧ್ವಂಸಿ ನ್ರೇಯಸೆ ಮೂಕಂಕರೋತಿ ವಾಚಾಲ ಪಂಗುಂ ಲಂಘಯತೆ ಗಿರಿಂ ಯತ್ಕೃಪಾತಮಹಂ ವಂದೇ ಪರಮಂದಮಾಧವ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮವರುಣೇಂದ್ರರುದ್ರಮರುತ ಸ್ತುನ್ವಂತಿ ದಿವ್ಯೈಸ್ತವೈ ವೇದೈಸ್ಸಾಂಗಪದಕ್ರಮೋಪನಿಷದೈ ಗಾಯಂತಿ ಸಾಮಗಾಹ್ಯಾನಾವಸ್ಥಿತದ್ಗತೇನ ಮನಸ ಪಶ್ಯಂತಿ ಯೋಗಿನಃ ಯಸ್ಯಾಂತನ್ನುರಾಸುರಗಣ ದೇವಾಯ ತಸ್ಮೈ ನಮಃ ವಿಸೈಡ್ ಇನ್ ಅವರ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಸೆಷನ್ ದಟ್ ದರ್ಸಸ್ ಥರ್ಟಿ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಅಡ್ರೆಸ್ಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ವಿ ವಿಲ್ ಕಾಲ್ ದಿ ಯೂನಿವರ್ಸಲ್ ಪ್ರಾಬ್ಲಮ್ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ದ ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ ಪ್ರಾಬ್ಲಮ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಗ್ನರೆನ್ಸ್ and also therefore said that the grief that we have in our life is only caused by ignorance of the self and therefore in these 20 verses the nature of the self was revealed knowing which there is no cause for grief because when we know the self as self and the non-self as non-self then we realize that none of them could be the cause of grief it's only when the self is thought to be non-self is thought to be self and the attributes of non self are again superimposed upon the self in when this ignorance and the superimposition that ignorance brings about when this is there then alone there is a cause for grief and not otherwise so when sat is known as sat and asat is known as asat there is no cause of grief this is what was said and concluded in those verses 
And then from the verses 31 to 36, or I should say 38, in these verses, Lord Krishna is addressing essentially the particular problem that Arjuna has, a situational problem that Arjuna has. Inasmuch as the original confusion that there is in the mind and the general sadness that pervades the mind also is responsible for the kind of confusions and delusions we have in our day-to-day situations. So even the difficulties, the problems that we have in our day-to-day situations also can be traced to this fundamental problem, namely ignorance. And whereas that problem is common to everyone, the day-to-day problems will vary with different people depending upon their disposition of mind and whatever. And therefore, the problem that Arjuna had here was a choice between whether to fight or not to fight. And as I explained the other day, (coughs) that he knew that he was a Kshatriya and therefore his duty is to respond to the situation by uh, making himself available to protect the dharma or protect righteousness. Because it is dharma or the righteousness that in turn will protect the society. So, therefore he considers it to be his duty to do that. However, inasmuch as the duty calls for a battle, fighting a battle, which will involve a lot of destruction or loss of life, so he thinks that that also is a very, very wrong thing to do because it involves himsa or violence. So here, of course, is a question of interpretation of a certain value. There's a classical case where every value has to be interpreted in a given situation. Sakti or the truthfulness is a value. Ahimsa, non-violence is a value. All these are values. And these values have to be interpreted in particular situations. So values as lived in a particular situation will depend upon the time, place and conditions. And here it was a matter of Arjuna's interpreting the value of ahimsa or non-violence. So he interpreted this loss of life that would definitely result from the battle as himsa or violence. And on the strength of that he says that he he does not think that he would want to fight this battle. But more than that, his original problem is that he took himself to be the violator. So he took himself to be the individual being who would be responsible for this violation. And that is what he actually could not stand. Violence, of course, but then that I would be the killer. And that also he could not stand. So, if the self is known as the one who does not kill, nor does it get killed, then of course that fundamental problem would not have arisen. But that subsequently led him, because he could not accept himself in the role of a killer. He thought he was doing that. Therefore he could not accept also this action of killing. And therefore his mind sought an explanation for avoiding this particular action. And thus his mind discovered that this should be interpreted as himsa or violence. So this interpretation of the part of Arjuna is really uh, is influenced by his misconception about himself and his misconception, of course, about the realities of life. <laughs> and therefore also, this stand on his part is not a very proper stand because this is not the first time that he has fought the battles and not first time that people are killed at his hands. And he never thought anything wrong in them so far. At this time, he starts thinking because this whole situation has become extremely intense for him. In any way, Lord Krishna also has to address this particular problem of how to interpret the value of ahimsa in this situation. That non-violence does not necessarily always mean an avoidance of injury or even killing. If it serves a larger purpose of saving the life. And so this battle would have to be looked upon as a kind of a surgery that a surgeon has to perform. That if a particular part of the body is rotting or if something has happened there, if it is left as it is, because it would involve violence to destroy that, those cells or whatever it is, then it would definitely affect the rest of the body and that is how the whole body would have to be sacrificed. So very often it becomes necessary even to perform a certain amount of violence in order that an overall non-violence is achieved. The action of a surgeon 
of performing surgery is a very typical illustration. And in that sense also Arjuna's action can be looked upon. That no doubt his action would involve the death of many people. And certainly everyone should avoid, but it could not be avoided. Not only that, but these people found themselves in the battle without their choice and found themselves in a position or in a requirement that they have to protect the dharma or the righteousness. That the action that is to perform can be compared to the action of a surgeon. The Duryodhana and all these people represent that part of the society which is like a rotten, uh, which is like a rotten part. And any attempt, it's not that you go for surgery right away. You make all possible attempts to cure the disease and cure the situation. And only when you find that the medicines and other things won't help, then alone you go for surgery. So surgery is usually the last resort that anyone takes. You always do everything else that is possible. And here also, all possible attempts were made to avoid this battle, and it could not be avoided, and therefore, surgery essentially became a necessary thing. And so it is destroying the evil. When you cannot correct the evil, to correct the evil should be the first option. And all attempts should be made, because there should be, uh, one should oppose the sin and not the sinner. However, very often it happens that the sin and sinner are so identified that you cannot eliminate the sin unless something is done with the sinner. If that's the kind of a situation, then you have the, then there are court of laws and then you have to punish the people and do what is necessary because there is no other way. And here also, uh, that the sinner, meaning the Duryodhana and all his people, could not in any way be corrected and therefore the only way that was left was the evil could be destroyed only by destroying them. Otherwise, they would completely corrupt the whole society. And that is how bring about suffering at a much larger scale. And that is how what is called Dharma Yuddha or Yuddha or a battle for the protection of Dharma or righteousness can be justified only in that sense. <coughs> and keeping that in mind, so Lord Krishna is means here that this action is not to be interpreted as himsa or violence, but this action is to be interpreted as performance of one's duty, which duty has come upon oneself. That is called duty, which you you find having to do. So duty is that which the situation or a condition places upon you. And therefore, the situation requires to respond in a given manner because you happen to perform or you happen to be in a certain role. And with every role, that is what we call a script. And that script alone is called dharma or righteousness. And thus the situation has come to Arjuna, where he has to perform that role. And he has to follow the script that is appropriate to the role. And it is that which Lord Krishna is telling him in the subsequent verses. Thus in the verse 31, says here, Swadharma vichavekshya navikam vitumarhasi dharmyad yuddhachrayonyat So, no, there is no question that from the standpoint of the truth or the reality that there is no scope for grief or delusion. But even for Arjuna, from the standpoint of the situation called dharma, also there is no cause for him to have grief or delusion. So, Lord Krishna says, Swadharma avekshya. So, Swadharmam. Swadharmaha, Swadharmaha. One's own dharma is called swadharma, one's own dharma. Now we explain what is dharma. Dharma is, is a kind of response that is in keeping with one's own disposition of the mind as well as one's own situation, one's own role in a given situation. As we discussed last Thursday, the uh, the division of work in the society was keeping in mind, in keeping with the disposition of the people. So therefore there were Brahmins who were basically teachers, the scholars, the people whose basic function was to learn and teach and thus to maintain the parampara or the tradition of knowledge and the tradition of dharma, righteousness. Kshatriyas were those people whose, whose duty was to protect the society. They were the leaders and they were the rulers. But the ruling or the leadership 
which is which keeps takes into account the welfare of the people and not their own welfare. So this is the Kshatriya or the leader class or the ruler class, the warrior class. And third, who possess the strength and disposition to do that particular job. Third are, as we said, the business class people who are not selfless people, for whom their own interest comes first, but then they have that knack of, of making profit, of producing, of distribution, etc. And therefore their job was to produce and distribute. So they were business or the trading people. And fourth were the people who were, didn't even have those skills. And therefore, they were basically good for physical work. And those who did not have that kind of initiative or the creativity, but those who always needed to be instructed. So they were the fourth class of people. And therefore, dharma or the duties were enjoined for all different class, <coughs> class of people, depending upon, as you said, their station of life and also their disposition of mind. <coughs> Understand that even for one person, the duty would vary depending upon what station of life that person is in. Because the life was also was divided into four stations or four stages. <coughs> As a person matures, in the first stage, it said roughly one quarter of the lifespan was looked upon as the time for study. And only study and no other political activities and no essential even social activities. Basically devotion to study. That's called Brahmacharya, life of Brahmacharya. <coughs> Second, the portion of the life was looked upon as the life of a householder. When the person becomes young and he has now gained all the necessary knowledge for leading his life and then he enters the house life of householder and then performs karma, then he gains his enjoyment of life, he produces he serves the society also and gets served in the process. Third was the stage of life which we call retirement. Where having done what was to be done in the life, having performed one's duties, having fulfilled one's obligations, and also having gained the basic pleasures of life in keeping with certain basic codes of conduct, the person now feels that he or she has done what is to be done in life and now ready for retirement. So the third was the was stage of retirement. And generally the custom was that the parents, when they reached this age of retirement, would basically leave home and hand over all the duties and all the household responsibilities to the son, eldest son, and the parents would leave. Go to the forest and live in a hut. And there the husband and wife would live together all right, would live as friends and basically lead the life of austerities, of penance, of worship. This was the, uh, the third stage of life. And as they mature further, and when they are ready to now give up every final relationship also, and any kind of security, and their quest for knowledge also has become more intense, then fourth was the life of what we call sannyasa or the renunciate, which was essentially the life of a wandering monk, or the life wherein one goes and lives with the teacher and studies the scriptures. <coughs> so even within the life of a person also, there are these four stations of life. So the duties are determined by what is the one's disposition as well as what is the station of life. And accordingly, there will be an appropriate thing for a person to do in a given situation. <coughs> and if the work distribution is ideal, then what one has to do is also what one likes to do. Because we, everyone has a certain disposition of mind, certain aptitudes. And if the work that is before you also is in keeping with your aptitude, then you like to do what you have to do. So if what you have to do is what you like to do, that is the ideal situation. And that is the whole idea of this work distribution according to Varna and Ashram, according to caste and the stage of life. And that is basically what we call Swadharmaha. Swadharmaha, one's own dharma, meaning one's own duty based on one's disposition of mind. <coughs> In case of Arjuna, it is Kshatriyasya Dharmaha. Arjuna was a Kshatriya or a warrior caste person. And therefore, his dharma, in his case, this case was to protect the dharma, protect the righteousness. 
Tamapi Aveksha. So keeping in mind even your own dharma, keeping in mind your own duty. So very often the duty will require you to do something unpleasant also. It is not that duty is always pleasant. Duty can be unpleasant also. You may have to perhaps act in a firm manner and may have to take what you might call unpleasant decisions also, but that also is part of duty. And that unpleasantness also would not be considered as violence if that unpleasantness also is meant for an overall good. And so life is always going to involve things that are unpleasant. Just because it's unpleasant doesn't become violence if it is in keeping with the basic order. <coughs> and so Arjuna, you have to do an unpleasant task, you're all right. But understand that it is a dharma, meaning it is proper thing to do. And this here is a classical case where what Arjuna has to do is not what he likes to do in given state of mind. But Arjuna at the moment is not acting as a Kshatriya. If he acts as a Kshatriya, then he will not have a conflict. But right now, on account of this grief and delusion, Arjuna has lost that fervor of a Kshatriya, or lost the spirit of a Kshatriya. And he is acting more as a person who is totally overcome by tamas or dullness and delusion. Because in 18th chapter, Lord Krishna reminds him, that yadahankara maashritya nayotsheti manyase mithyesha vyavasayaste prakritisthvam niyokshade Here Arjuna, ahankara maashritya, taking refuge for ahankara of the ego, you are saying that I will not fight. But this vyavasaya or this decision on your part is in fact mithya, is false. Because prakritisthvam niyokshade you will find that once this period of grief goes away, and once your original nature now begins to assert, then you'll find that again it is going to control you. And so it is the dharma of the kshatriya. Nibaddha svena karmana kartum nechasiyan mohat karishasi avashopitat svabhavajena kauntaya nibaddha svena karmana. Hey kauntaya, hey Arjuna, your svabhava, your nature is that of a kshatriya. So it's very active. And also aggressive. But aggressive for the purpose of righteousness, they say. This is your nature. You are not at the moment prepared to lead the life of a sannyasi or a contemplative life because there is too much energy inside. And life of contemplation requires that one has essentially resolved that and one has discovered that contemplative frame of mind. At the moment Arjuna is not in that frame of mind and therefore even if he chooses the life of contemplation, and why does he choose that life of contemplation? Not because he has a great love for that, but because he dislikes this. So his desire to get away from the battlefield and become a renunciate has not arisen out of a maturity or of an understanding of what renunciation is, but that desire has arisen because he has a dwesh or an aversion for what he has stood at the present. And therefore, there is an artificial attraction for something because that promises him to escape this particular situation. So this is more an escape. And very often it is uh, presented as some kind of an ideal. And this is the problem with Arjuna in this case. Says Arjuna, once you are out of, over this, with this mood, then you will find that your nature will start asserting itself. And what at the moment you don't want to do, you will wind up doing it anyway. So that is how Lord Krishna says, keeping your own dharma in mind, keeping your own nature in mind, as well as keeping in mind the particular situation which requires you to respond in a certain manner. I don't think that you have to feel guilty in any way. I don't think that you have to feel bad for doing what you are required to do. Arhasi, arhasi. You should not get shaken. You should not get so much, you should not have the sense of guilt and so much amount of conflict within yourself. Swabhavikat dharmat atma swabhavyat iti abhiprayaha Meaning, you should not deviate from that which is a dharma, that which is a duty, which arises from your own nature. It is not that the task that is at the moment uh, presented to Arjuna is against his nature. Suppose such is the case that you find yourself in a situation wherein you have to perform a task 
which is just totally against your nature, then it's a different thing. But Arjuna's nature is that of a Kshatriya. And therefore, Lord Krishna says that he wants to become a Brahmin or he wants to become a renunciate. So essentially, the renunciate enjoys a disposition of a Brahmana, a contemplative disposition, whether he's by caste Brahmana or not. But essentially, only when one gains a disposition which is sattvic, which is predominant in sattva, which sattva, as you say, is contemplativeness, tranquility, freedom from conflict, then alone one is fit for being a renunciate. And therefore, he wants to give up his own dharma. Arjuna at the moment wants to give up his own dharma of a kshatriya and wants to assume the dharma or the duty of a brahmana or of a renunciate. And that is how he wants to deviate from his own dharma. Lord Krishna says, there is no reason why you should deviate from your dharma of a kshatriya and then take refuge into the dharma of a renunciate. Keeping in mind your own nature as well as what the particular situation calls for. <coughs> Why is it so? Tatcha yuddham prusavi jayadvarena dharmartham prajarakshanartham chedi dharmat anapetam param dharmyam. Because this particular yuddha or this battle that is in front of you is for what? Prusavi jayadvarena. By conquering the Pusvi, meaning conquering the earth, meaning conquering, gaining a victory, dharmasam, it is going to protect the dharma by, as we said, eliminating that evil aspect of the society and that is our providing protection to the good people because they require protection. This is what always happens in every society, that people are law-abiding, people who are good-natured, people who are on the path of righteousness require protection. Because they are not generally strong in, in arms, etc. And that's the reason why we have this police force and whatever it is. Because these people require protection. So, prajarakshanartham, dharmartham, you'll be able to protect the people as well as you'll be able to protect the righteous people. How we protect righteousness? By protecting righteous people. And therefore, by eliminating these people who are a threat positively, to the righteousness, righteous people in the society, you'll be able to protect the right people who are righteous, and thus will be able to protect the righteousness, praja rakshanartham, and will be able to protect the praja or the subjects in general. And therefore, this yuddha, this battle is dharmyam, dharmyam, dharmat anapetam, in keeping with dharma or in keeping with the righteousness. So even though apparently this yuddha involves violence, it is still in keeping with in dharma or in keeping with righteousness or overall order only because this is as we said comparable to surgical action which is called for in order to protect the rest of the society. So dharmyadhi he means because dharmyad yudhyad kshatriyasya anyat shreya navidyade for a kshatriya for the one who possesses the kind of disposition that Arjuna possesses for such a person not yuddha, but dharmyad yudhyad. A yuddha or a battle which is in keeping with dharma, which is in keeping with righteousness. There is nothing better or superior for kshatriya than having an opportunity to participate in a battle which is for the protection of dharma. Because he has that energy and he has that kind of a nature. And if you have to fight, the fighting for the right, right cause is the right kind of thing. And so this battle which is for the right cause is the most appropriate thing for, for a Kshatriya to do. And you are a Kshatriya, and therefore for you, there is nothing better than this, the situation in which you find yourself to be. If this battle was merely for kingdom, if this battle was just for, for the selfish purpose of their getting the kingdom, and, and, you know, and, and enjoying the pleasures, perhaps it may not have been justified. In as much as this battle is for protection of dharma, and that requires them to win the, win the battle. Therefore, it is in keeping with dharma. <coughs> so that's one reason why yuddham kartavyam, that you should fight in this particular situation. Kotaschatat yuddham kartavyam. What is another reason also why it is proper that Arjuna should fight this battle? Now this is a, a matter of belief. That's what the second one says. It has to do with the cultural belief. 
But the first one says is in keeping with the basic, uh, the code of conduct. What the second one says depends upon the belief that the Hindus had and perhaps continue to have. So that is also the reason why you sh- it is proper for you to fight this battle. Says in verse 32, Yadrachaya chopapannam svargadvaram apavagam sukhinah kshatriyaf partha labhante yuddham edrisham. So this yuddha of the battle is Yadrachaya upapannam. This battle is upapannam in agatam. It has come to you Yadrachaya. Not by your own desire. Yadrachaya means by aprarthitaya. Without your having asked for it. It has come to you unasked. So this battle has come to you, this particular situation has come to you unasked that you have not invited it or that you are not responsible for creating the situation. That's one thing. Svargadvaramapavratam And what does the battle do for a Kshatriya? Now the belief is that if a warrior fights the battle and dies in the battlefield, then straight away he goes to heavens. This is the belief. Accepting that there is a region called heavens where everybody wants to go because everybody uh, cherished or desired to go to heavens because that's a place where there is all pleasure of all kinds. And so Vedas also enjoy a number of rituals which when one performs, one would qualify also to go to heavens. So many people used to perform, but that those rituals are quite uh, intricate, quite elaborate, and how do you perform essentially for the lifetime. So if you perform certain rituals very sincerely, with all faith and devotion, and for a great length of time, then usually you are qualified to go to heavens. And that also would happen. That depends if these rituals were performed properly. That's for a Brahmin or for other people. But what about a Kshatriya? For Kshatriya it is simple that if he fights a battle for in, in protection of dharma and if he, uh, if he uh, is killed in the battlefield then straight away he goes to heaven without any intervention at all or any interference. This is what is said. So, Svargadvaram Apavadam. This battle in fact has opened for you the gates of heavens. That suppose you happen to die you know, fighting this battle, then also straight away you go to heavens. And therefore also, is because heavens is something that is desirable for everyone, and that's another reason why you should fight this battle. Says, Sukhinaha Kshatriya Partha Labhante Yuddham Yidrusham. In fact, those Kshatriyas, like you, you Yidrusham Yuddham Labhante. So those people who are fortunate, who are, who are, who have the opportunity to fight in a battle like this are Sukhinaha, they are really fortunate people. So Lord Krishna says that in fact those people who have, the, who are presented with the opportunity to participate in a battle like this, which is dharma meaning in keeping with dharma, Svargadvaramapavrutam, which opens the gate of heavens for the, for the warriors, and Kshatriyas such as these are really fortunate. So Arjuna, you must, you are really a fortunate person. And therefore, you must thank your stars that you have an opportunity to fight in this battle. Because it is, it is, it opens the gate of heavens for you. <coughs> Thus in these two verses, Lord Krishna said that now a man looks for two kinds of benefits. Iha and Amutra, here and elsewhere, in this life and life hereafter. So since Hindus believed and believe that there is rebirth, that the existence of a person does not come to an end merely by the cessation of this body, that being born in this body or this embodiment, that this body is a station, it is an abode, and therefore you just give up this body when its, pur- pur- its, its purpose is served and then take up another embodiment. And therefore, when you lead your life here, at least this makes you aware that you are responsible for all that you do. You cannot get away merely by giving up this body or that your plight does not come to an end 
merely because his body has come to an end. That's the reason why people were extremely responsible. So they always thought twice when they perform an action as to what result that action will have. And many people always wanted to make sure that at the time of death and after death that they don't have to enter this hell or the suffering. On that, they have a proper life, you know, hereafter also. So, while performing actions here, people were always conscious about their welfare here as well as welfare hereafter. Now, what is the welfare here that was said here? Arjuna was told that this is a battle which if you fight and win, then you gain the kingdom and that is how your end, you will protect the people, you will protect the righteousness and that is how your welfare in this life will be secured. And not only that, but on account of doing this action of protecting the dharma, you will definitely qualify for heavens after giving up this body or if you happen to die in this battle, then also definitely right away you will go to heavens and therefore this battle will also assure you what we call the welfare hereafter. So, in the verse 31, Lord Krishna pointed out how this battle is a means of welfare here, meaning in this life. In the verse 32 pointed out how it is also a means for heavens, meaning the welfare hereafter. So, here and hereafter, both these worlds are secured by Arjuna and that's how Lord Krishna says how it is proper for Arjuna to fight to secure the welfare here and hereafter. <coughs> and so one must show the benefits of performance of the duty. But one may say that although I don't care, I don't want my welfare here and hereafter. Then may I give this duty? He says, no. There is also something to be lost if you do not perform the duty. That is called akarane pratyavaya. Pratyavaya meaning the punishment or the negative effect that you will accumulate if you fail to do what you have to do. So, there is something called the need to do what one has to do. So, failure to do a given thing at a given time also brings about a negative result. So, not only doing the wrong thing or performing a sinful action will create a negative result, but then even failing to perform the right action at the right time also creates a negative effect. This is another belief that they have. And this is arrived at after a lot of analysis of the scriptures. And this belief is expressed in this famous expression, Akarane Praktivaya. If you fail to perform your duty, meaning if you fail to do what is to be done, right thing to be done at the right time, then also it will generate for you a negative effect. And so you will have to bear the consequences of that also. So in the first two verses, Lord Krishna said, what is the benefit to be gained by performance of his duty? And now in subsequent verses, Lord Krishna says, suppose you fail, evam kartaveda praptam api yuddham. Suppose this yuddha or the battle, which has come to you as a kartavya, as something to be done. Suppose you fail to do that, then it is not only that you will lose all the benefits that it has to give you, but then you will also invite what we call the negative effects, and that is what is said in the subsequent verses. Verse 33 says, in case, in spite of having told you, explained to you all this, in case, if you do not do, or if you do not fight this dharmyam sangramam, this righteous battle, Suppose you, in case you do not fight this battle which is a righteous action to perform, then what happens? You will be inviting what we call the sin or negative effect. Tatasvadharmam kirtimcha hitva papam avapsasi. Then, tataha svadharmam hitva. You will have given up your dharma. Dharma is, again, as we said, svadharma is a kshatriya's dharma. So you would have given up your dharma, meaning you would have given up your duty. And kirtim hitva, and also all your fame also will be logon. Arjuna is a very famous person. He is a very highly regarded person also. Because he has fought battles with great people and conquered. 
Mahadevadi Samagam Animittam Kirtim. At one point in time, the story goes that Arjuna even fought battle with Lord Shiva. Interesting thing is, when these Pandavas were in the forest in exile for twelve years, twelve plus one, at that time Arjuna took off from rest of them, he went to the forest and performed severe penance to please Lord Shiva. This was, yeah, and that's exactly what he was doing. And his idea was to please Lord Shiva and acquire some weapons from Lord Shiva. So Lord Shiva decided to uh, test him. And where Arjuna was in the forest, at that time Lord Shiva, it seems, appeared in the form of a hunter. And there was a dog which the hunter had. And this dog started barking. Here Arjuna was performing penance and he was disturbed by the barking of the dog. So he was a very skilled archer. What he did is, he immediately threw his arrows, shot his arrows. In series, he shot so many arrows that this dog opened his mouth, the arrows went into his mouth and just blocked it. And therefore, the dog could not bark at all. He just stopped, you know. That hunter was surprised. How did this happen? And that is how he realized here, and therefore he, he, he started, uh, you know, uh, quarreling with Arjuna. Why did you do this to his dog and this and that? And that's how a fight ensued between them. And a great fight ensued. Of course, Lord Shiva being what is, ultimately he would overpower Arjuna. But Lord Shiva was highly pleased with the promise of Arjuna. And then he revealed himself, said that I am Lord Shiva, I came here to just test you. And he was so pleased with Arjuna that he gave him a great weapon called Pashupatastra, a great weapon was given. And all of these were quite well known. So Arjuna was well known for his prowess. And uh, he says, hey Arjuna, if you give up this battle and leave this battlefield, then all this name and fame that you acquired on account of your prowess, all of that also you will lose. Not only that, papam avapsasi. Not only that, but because your dharma you will lose, therefore papam avapsasi. You will in fact acquire what we call sin. Because he is present and things should be done. And he permits, suppose, the evil to take over. And that is how, on account of that, suppose a number of people have to suffer. Then Arjuna, by not having performed the action also, becomes a party to all that suffering that comes to the people. And that is how he also gains sin. This is another important thing. That in a given situation, you have to do a certain thing. If you don't do that, as a result of that, some suffering comes or some, some evil happens, then you also become a party to it indirectly. Even though you may say, I did not do anything, but you failed to do what you should have done, and that is also you become a party to the, the sinful action, even though it may be performed by someone else. If you are in a position to stop it, and you did not stop it, and that is how you become a party. This is, uh, all of these a matter of belief anyway, but this is what the scriptures say, and we have no better reason to deny what they say anyway. So Lord Krishna says, Papam avapsasi, and sin, they always are afraid of sin. They are all righteous people, and always do that which is right. So one thing that they are afraid of is sin, because sin will definitely deprive you of the heavens, and will make you perhaps suffer the pains of hell. And therefore, kirtim, so you will definitely be, have to forsake all the pleasures of the heaven, meaning your well-being or welfare hereafter will definitely be lost. You know. <laughs> Arjuna says, I don't care. I'm, I, I, if the heavens does not come to me, I don't mind. He says, well, it's not only that you will be deprived of the heavens, meaning of your welfare hereafter. But even while you are alive in this life also, you will be in a very miserable state. Why is it so? Na kevalam swadharma kirti parityagaha. Not in that you will lose your swadharma, your own dharma as well as kirti, meaning the fame. Not only that your fame will go, but akirtim chabi bhutani kathayishyanti tevyayam. Already your fame goes away and nobody now regards you, it doesn't matter. But akirtim. Unfamed. 
अकीर्तिम चाभिभूताएं कथयिष्यन्ति तेजा डू यू नो अर्जुना दैट यू आर सच एन इंपॉर्टेंट पर्सन एंड द डिसीजन दैट यू आर मेकिंग राइट नाउ इज गोइंग टू रिकॉर्डेड इन द हिस्ट्री एंड लेटर ऑन व्हेन पीपल टॉक अबाउट दिस बैटल एंड टॉक अबाउट योर रेस एंड टॉक अबाउट योर लीनिएज इन हाउ आर दे गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट अकीर्तिम कथयिष्यन्ति तेजा सी ऑल दीज in in india we have what we call the pauranikas meaning those who go around and give discourses on puranas give discourses on such epics as ramayana mahabharata this is a very common practice in india where the scholars and teachers they go out into the public and give discourses public discourses based on all this sacred text and therefore you talk about the past you talk about this mahabharata you talk about this battle you talk about arjuna and what terms will they talk about you when they akirtim cha vibhutani kathayishyanti te vayam all the time they will sing not your glories but they will only sing your ill fame avyayam and then that ill fame which will last for a great length of time because more important a person you are more likely you will be talked about for a greater length of time in both ways and abraham lincoln for us will be remembered for centuries a hitler also will be remembered for centuries people will keep on talking about him and for all the ill that he brought to the world and all kinds of thing that he did we talked about for generations an ordinary person he does something people will talk about it and forget but when someone like hitler does something well that is remembered for a great length because he enters this page of history and people keep on analyzing for for generations to come and therefore avik akirtim cha vibhutani kathayishyanti te vayam he arjuna all the people will talk about your akirti your ill fame for a great length of time <coughs> akirti also means censure in fact so people will censure you for a great length of time for the kind of action that you are doing and is i don't care suppose they censure me or ill fame i don't care says uh, you don't you don't know but it would be extremely difficult for you to stand that as long as it's not happened to you well and good sambhavitasya cha akirtihi if you're an ordinary person and never had much respect disrespect doesn't matter much oh what does it matter i never had it to begin with and therefore a few people talk ill of you doesn't matter but arjuna is not like that sambhavitah the one who is held in high regard high esteem dharmaatma शूरह अर्जुन इज नॉन एज धर्मात्मा एज अ मैन ऑफ धर्म एज अ राइचियस पर्सन शूरह ए मैन ऑफ प्रोवेस अ मैन ऑफ वेलर ऑफ प्रोवेस ऑफ ब्रेव यू नो वॉज अ वेरी ब्रेव एंड करेजियस पर्सन दिस इज हाउ यू आर वेरी हाईली रिगार्डेड बाई एवरी वन इन द सोसाइटी एंड ऑल्सो रिगार्डेड अ पर्सन हु इज अ राइचियस पर्सन सो धर्मात्मा शूरह गुण ही संभावित सो यू आर हाईली रिगार्डेड and highly esteem in the society having by that you are possessed of all these great virtues for you akirtihi maranat atirichyate for you this akirti meaning this ill fame maranat atirichyate that will be worse than death you see because after all as your level of sophistication rises different things become important to a person in the beginning it is only the body comforts and this gross and mundane thing that are important to person <clears throat> slowly an emotional uh, environment that a person has becomes important and slowly and slowly your name fame recognition these things become important and we find always that for what a person considers important the person is always willing to sacrifice that which is less important and so for the one who is highly regarded it becomes very difficult you know one who is held in highest if he is insulted by somebody he feels like he is you know he is destroyed a fellow who has been all the time being humiliated or you know i mean that to the him one perhaps uh, uh, it doesn't matter much if somebody says something to him but then for the person who is regarded in a very high esteem if he is insulted or if he is censured then he will think that death is better than that and so maranat atirichyade 
will sambhavitasya cha akirte he varam maranam ityartha. For a person who is highly regarded or held in high esteem, for such a person, death is better than ill fame, death is better than censure. And that everyone knows that I would be willing to give up my job, I'll be willing to give up anything for my self-respect. So everybody has a value for self-respect. And we value it up to a certain point, you know. Some people may give up nothing for self-respect. He may give up self-respect. But there are people who give up varying degrees of things for self Depends on how much respect you have. Higher the respect you have, more you'll be willing to give up. To such an extent that, for the sake of your own self-respect, you may be even willing to give up life, or may be able to give up life to maintain your respect. Arjuna is in a position like that. For him the self-esteem or self-respect or self-regard is so important here, Arjuna, that you'll find that when that really happens to you, you wish that you were better died, you know, you were better dead than alive and listen to all these kind of things. Therefore, if you do not fight this battle, even in this life also, you'll be, you will earn that ill fame and therefore you will suffer in this life also. Not only you will incur sin, and therefore will invite suffering in the life hereafter. But on account of this akirti or ill-fame in this life also, you are inviting suffering. So fighting the battle, you are inviting well-being here and hereafter. And by giving up this battle, which is the right thing to do for you, you are inviting suffering here as well as hereafter also. <coughs> then it doesn't matter. Why do you think, O oh Lord, that they will uh, censure me. Don't they realize that I am taking this action out of compassion? That out of pity and compassion that I am taking the action. Won't the people be able to understand that? When they talk about me, when they will interpret my particular action in this particular situation, why should they interpret that way? Why won't they interpret my action as born out of compassion? He says, no, your action will not be interpreted as that born out of compassion. How will it be interpreted? Because people know you. And how are they going to interpret? It says in verse 35, Bhayadranaduparatam mamsyamte tvam maharathaha yesham chattvam bahumataha bhutva yasya silagavam. Bhayadranaduparatam People will believe that you have run away from this battlefield out of fear. Nobody is going to give you the benefit that you are withdrawing from the battlefield out of compassion. People will think that you have run away from this. Even today also people believe that Arjuna was afraid. Out of fear he did not want to fight battle. They interpret Arjuna's response in this sense. But definitely Maharathaha, Duryodhana, Prabhudaya. So Maharathas means those great warriors like Duryodhana and others. They will think that because they are not willing to give him credit anyway. They are his enemies. And how are the enemies going to look upon this? Bhayadranat uparatam. That you have, you have withdrawn from this, run away from this battlefield out of fear. That's what they will say. Mamsyante chintaishyanti na krupayayati. They will not give you that benefit to think that you have run out or left this battlefield out of compassion. And that it is won't be looked upon as a great sacrifice. When Rama gave up the kingdom and went to forest, it was looked upon as a great sacrifice. And people sing his glories even today. But Arjuna may think in his mind that I am sacrificing this kingdom by not fighting this battle. Not at all. It won't be looked upon as sacrifice. On the other hand, it would invariably interpret as an act of cowardice, of having run away from the battlefield. <coughs> this is all right. Yesham chattvam bahumataha bhutva yasasilaghavam and for whom? Yesham, for whom? For all these people, Bahumataha, Bhutva, Yasasilagavam. So, you are Bahumataha. These are the people who at the moment, even they are enemies. This Duryodhana and other people who are the enemies of Arjuna, Pandavas, even though they are enemies, they still regard him in high esteem. We do that. Even though we may perhaps disagree with a person, or he may be enemical to us, but then, if you know that the person possesses certain great qualities, we do respect him for those qualities. And therefore, even your enemies such as Duryodhana, they regard you in a very high esteem, because they know that you are a great warrior, a man of great prowess and valor and courage and skill and everything else. 
सो बहु भी गुण ही युक्त है बहुमत है दे रिगार्ड यू एज वन पोजेस्ट ऑफ ग्रेट डील ऑफ वर्च्यूज एंड नाउ दे विल से ओ आई थिंक वी जज डिम रॉन्गली ऑल दिस टाइम दिस इज वॉट ही रियली इज सो दे विल इनफैक्ट डिस रिगार्ड ऑल योर अचीवमेंट्स थिंकिंग दैट देर बाई चैंस एंड दिस पर्टिकुलर एक्शन विल बी ओनली इंटरप्रेटेड एज योर रियल नेचर एंड सो दे विल थिंक दैट ही इज दिस फेलो इज अ कावर्ड एंड दैट ही वॉज फाइटिंग सो फार मे बी सिचुएशन आर फेवरेबल टू हिम एंड देर वाई गेन इज विक्टरीज बट वेन इट केम टू द रियल टेस्ट ही लेफ्ट द बैटल फील्ड and that is how they will look down upon you says yasya se laghavam laguvavam you will attain they will look down upon you never you will gain that kind of a contempt from those people and so it is not only that in future they will talk about you even present also they will talk about you and they will look down upon you he says even then i don't mind suppose you know okay he doesn't talk in good terms about me he thinks that i have run away all right i'll sustain that also he says no not only that in verse 36 says avachyavadam sabhun vadishyanditavahitah ninnantastav samarthyam tato dukhataram nukim avachyavadam there are people who are really crooked anyway among the enemies and therefore their contempt for you will not even mean decent words they will use very indecent words for you all kinds of words avachyavadan which should not be uttered you know and so they will utter for you and they will describe you in those terms which cannot even be uttered by me lord krishna says no decent people will talk in this language in that language they will talk about you bahun padishanditvahita tava ahita because they are your enemies there are good people also who will feel that this fellow is run away out of fear and therefore they will look down upon you but the people who are positively enemical to you how will they talk about you they will talk about you in such words this fellow will only call you coward the good but this fellow will call you something else you know and that is they are going they will talk in words which cannot even be uttered by decent people vadishyanti pravahitaha तव अहिता तव शत्रव दोज पीपल हू विश इल ऑफ यू मीनिंग योर एंड देर आर पीपल इवन इन द एनिमी कैम हू विश इवन समटाइम्स वेल ऑफ यू बट देन दे विल पर हैव्स नॉट टॉक सो बैडली ऑफ यू बट दोज पीपल हू विश इल ऑफ यू दे विल हैव अ ग्रेट अपॉर्चुनिटी टू टॉक ऑफ ऑल काइंड ऑफ इल वर्ड्स अबाउट यू निंदव सामर्थ्यम इन योर सामर्थ्यम योर स्ट्रेंथ योर प्रोवेस निंदंत है कुछ से अंत है इट विल रिडिक्यूल यूल बी सब्जेक्ट रिडिक्यूलोटल सेंशर टोटल खंडमनेशन एंड यू आर वेरी प्रॉमिस फॉर विच यू स्टैंड अर्जुन इज ए क्षत्रिय एंड वॉट मैटर्स फॉर हिम इज ए क्षत्रिय धर्म इज अ वॉरियर सो वॉट इज मोस्ट इंपॉर्टेंट इन इज लाइफ इज हिज बींग ए क्षत्रिय और वॉरियर एंड फॉर वॉरियर दैट इज हिज फेम एंड हिज प्रॉमिस and his self respect and his regard all of that is alone important nindantastava samarthyam that very samarthyam that very ability that you have that itself will be censured completely by them tatah dukkhataranukim what can be more painful than that hey arjuna you won't be able to suffer this you don't know but when you will really come to it and when these things will really happen then you won't able to stand it you think that death is better than all this and therefore tasmat ninda praptehe there can be nothing worse than this ninda nothing worse than this censure that the people will throw upon you and therefore dukkhataranukim kashtataranukim what is more painful nothing is made more painful than them and so in this four verses in the first two verses lord krishna said the benefits to be derived by fighting this battle because it is proper for arjuna to do and will bring about for him the welfare here and hereafter in these four verses lord krishna said what uh, is to be lost if he fails to fight this battle both the sides must be stated not only benefits but then the disadvantages also pros and cons both are presented by lord krishna to arjuna <coughs> okay oh 
Dakshinamurtaye namaham.